anyway, I had to go to county lockup 30 days and I got out and my friends, like any good military friend should do, um, said, you want to like pay rent or get food? No, let's throw a party and invite whores and, and have a gangbang. Hey, welcome back to Four for the Road, everybody. I'm your host, Punk Rock. And uh, we're here with Tragic Andar today. And Andar's got some, uh, some pretty awesome shit to lay on you guys today. I'm just kidding. Probably not. But what's up, Andar? So we got a couple of things we're going to cover. But first, like I said before, I knew you weren't recording. Uh, something tragic I don't think was here for uh, last week. I actually owe Ken, I owe Punk Rock an apology. I got mad at him. Um, and I got super mad at him, too. And Tragic missed it. So I hate. Was it on the air? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know, but it was. Um, so I hate, I hate Instagram Live. And Ken loves Instagram Live. And we've always had differences of opinion on that. For me, I'm a control freak. And, you know, you never know. You, you know, you're control of your own mouth. But you still never know what can happen in a live thing that you can't atone for, make sure that you can re-listen to and edit out, or whatever the case may be. That's me. That's my own thing. But I projected it onto him um, and I got a little heated about it. So, I, got, uh, you know, it's not his fault. I'm not making excuses, but I didn't know that he was Instagram live in the start of a show. I know he asked about it. Nobody responded. And then he it was it was recording and I didn't know it was, it was already on Instagram live. So I got on here and I went a little bit too hard on picking on him um for the thing and then we kind of got into it and then i ended up like we were gonna record and i ended up just being like fuck this i hung up and, and we didn't record like i was just pissed and i was like fuck this and, and but i said a lot of things that i guess probably could have been heard on instagram live that were like mean and i didn't really mean and i felt really fucking bad about it like it's you know it, it's just one of those things where you're heated you say what you shouldn't and if you're a good fucking person you come back later and you're like look man i overstepped i was wrong you know, if, if this was, you know, this is this is something that we do for fun. If this was a club function, I totally dot my own eye. I was like, you know, I would totally, I would totally take that dotted eye. Like, I just, you know, I was pissed about the thing, um, and what I did was too much of a reaction. So I actually, I, you know, I tragic wasn't here for it, but I ended up texting and, and apologizing to Ken and stuff like that. And you know, Jim let me know that I was wrong too, and I totally was, a hundred percent, fucking, I was wrong. So I had to apologize for those two guys for kind of like, I don't know, I feel like I kind of made an ass out of myself by how pissed. Um, I got because really at the end of the day, all it is is a fucking difference of opinion. Ken likes to interact with people live, which is cool. I think that if, I'm like, fuck those guys. They don't, <laughs> you know, I don't care what they want live. Like they want video and all this other shit. Like I don't give a shit what you want. <laughs> but what it comes down to is just matter of fucking um, opinion. And I got pissed about it and I shouldn't have. And so I wanted to say, since that was recorded, I wanted to say, as long as this was being recorded, Sorry, like I did in the text. People don't know that I gave him a text that said sorry because we didn't even bring it up in like our group where we talk about the podcast. Tragic had no fucking idea. It was just, you know, but yeah, so I got on the thing. I saw that Instagram Live was going and I was like, oh, what the, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was just downhill from there. So I'm sorry. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. I didn't, I, I really didn't want you to do this on a show. Like, I mean, I mean, because because I mean, if you if you make a mistake, it, I mean, because we both kind of got you know, we both started snapping each other a little bit, and but you know, I started it. I was well, wrong. I was yeah, out of line. I started it. Hey, we both calmed down, and you know what? Like an hour after, it yeah. was man, yeah. water under the but, man, shit happens. Brothers fight, right? So, but I made I made a I made a public mistake. 
Um, and I know so because a couple of people, that's how I know is a couple of people sent me a text. And they're like, oh, are you guys all right? And I was like, what the, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, so if I'm going to make a public mistake, I can certainly say sorry in public too. Like, and if you're a good dude, you know, I think that carries over to club shit. Like club dudes, you're going to make a mistake. You have to fucking atone for it. Don't try to like out shout your brother. Don't try to fucking like, what are you going to, you know? do whatever and try to be some hard ass like like we don't make mistakes we make mistakes and just fucking own it and that's what i'm choosing to do or at least trying to do is fucking own my mistake no 100 percent, man I, I do appreciate it and you know as as far as i was concerned and an hour after the ordeal it was all i love, it was all. I love tragic's look on his face <laughs> i just like wait a minute we're apologizing for picking sorry. Up now? <laughs> i was like oh, is he saying sorry, sorry? <laughs> All right, so now we can get into the good stuff, right? All right. But I got to go listen to this fucking fight. <laughs> I don't think it's, oh, no, it, it's... it didn't record on a podcast. I think it just disappeared when the when the video went down on on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I wasn't putting that up. No, no. Right. So I got dragged. I wasn't putting that out to the public. <laughs> so so man, we, were, we were like bullshitting earlier, so we're starting kind of late. So hang on, I got to do one thing real quick before we get started. You can't play songs. Hey, hey, babe. Hey, I'm going to be late for Hobby Lobby. Are we still going to Target afterwards? What about the logs that we needed to get for Christmas? Uh, what about, I, I wanted to get some of those towels. <laughs> Thanks, right. Leah. Appreciate you. <laughs> So what do you want to hear first? Do you want to go over some of the topics that we talked about? Or do you want to hear about that 500-pound heifer from the bar? Um, Definitely the heifer. <laughs> yeah, let's start with the package. Now, now that that would be a great Instagram Live. <laughs> so, so last time before we, we, we had our little Donnybrook or whatever, before we had our little tiff, um, I was going to start with the story of the time when I was stationed in Norfolk. And anybody that's ever been stationed in the, in Norfolk probably knows the bars and, and maybe even the girl that I'm talking about. But I forget how we got on the subject, but uh, he wanted to hear the story. So I was stationed on the USS Saipan, which is a now decommissioned ship out of Norfolk. Uh, back in like it decommed in like 2008, 2007, something like that. So it would have been right around that time frame. And I was at this bar um, down the road. So we started off at this place called Dockside. So anybody that's ever been stationed in Norfolk knows Dockside. And it's as dirty and dingy as it sounds. And I'm just getting annihilated in there because, I don't know, I was a 20-something-year-old sailor. And I didn't know I didn't know any better, right? I, and I lived on the ship at the time, too. So it's like it was like, pay me, then I'm going to go out in town and blow it. So that was my, that was my M.O. So we started off at Dockside, went to a couple of other places, and then we ended up uh, down near Little Creek. And there's this bar that anybody's ever been stationed in that area. It's called The Bank, but it's spelled with a Q. It's like B-A-N-Q-U-E or something like that. And it's in a, uh, at least it used to be, I don't know if it is anymore, but it's in like a strip mall that has like a grocery store or a Dollar General attached to it. But it's a country bar. Right. And it's country like you would think of a Navy country bar. Like everybody is in like their Walmart Wranglers with like a George Strait shirt on and some boots. But they're all from like California or New York or something like that. Right. But they got a tech. They got a belt buckle. It says like fucking text on it or some shit. And really, it's a fun place to go to like get in a fight, like just to pick on people and like get rowdy. Um, but anyway, 
I was past the point of being able to get loud and rowdy. I was just annihilated, a shit face. And I was there with some friends. Um, and it's getting close to the end of the night. And I'm going to drive. And my friends, because they're good Navy guys, are like, yeah, man, go ahead and drive. That seems like a really smart idea. There's this girl. And I don't know when she noticed me in the bar because obviously I'm a handsome-ass dude, right? But she zeroes in on me as I'm leaving. And... and and it's like, you know, it's a, like I said, it's like a strip mall grocery store type thing that the bank is attached to. So it's this bigger parking lot. And then, so I had to walk a minute to my truck. And I can just like imagine like now that I'm telling the story to make it better, like just her breathing down like a rhino, just chasing me down from behind. Right. And, well, the <laughs> and anybody that knows the bank has ever been in there. There's like a hallway, too, that you have to go through to like get in and out. Right. There's like a hallway. There's like a little store over here you can go into. And then the bar is kind of like back at the end of the hallway. So I just picture her like banging shit off the walls as she's like coming through. Right? But I get to my truck, I'm drunk and I'm, I'm fumbling with my keys. And I, I don't remember the conversation, how she introduced herself, anything like that. I just remember something about I shouldn't be driving. And I was like, that makes sense to me. She's like, let me take you to my place. And I'm like, can we stop by a Wawa first? <laughs> you look famished. <laughs> so, so, so we did. Uh, and we ended up back at her place and, and it was horrible like i disappointed her in so many ways like i can't i was i can't picture her face right now but i imagine just like the most disappointment that she's ever had look is probably what she had like that's how bad it was right like uh i was like breathing heavy i probably threw up on her i don't (laughs) i don't know it was bad it was bad so like probably i'm not even lying like four or five minutes ten minutes tops after we got there she kicks me out and she won't give me a ride. And I don't know where I'm at. Like, I wasn't paying attention. Like, I have no idea where I'm at. And I walk outside, and I'm, like, trying to call my friends to get me back, like, to base. And uh, I'm trying to, like, read off street signs. And it's, like, back in the day, like, 07, 06 would have been, like, flip phones and stuff like that. And I'm, like, running out of battery, and my phone dies. So I'm, like, aimlessly just walking up and down this street, like, just shithouse at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning after this 400-pound girl decided that I wasn't good enough to be in her twin bed with her and sleep, <laughs> sleep it off. And somehow, somehow, my buddies from, from the directions I had managed to give them before my phone died found me, like, probably, I want to say, an hour and a half after I called them and, and picked me up as I was, like, aimlessly wandering these streets somewhere in either Norfolk or like the Virginia Beach Little Creek area. Uh, I never saw that girl again. And and if anybody else has ever seen, you couldn't miss her. She was like four foot tall, four foot tall, like four hundred pounds, and she hung out at this bar like regular. Like everybody knew her name. And I got it was like thirteen years ago. And I just wanted to say, baby, I, I love you. <laughs> I hope she's taking care of your kid real well. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, better, better her than me. <laughs> God, that's fucking that. That's rough. <laughs> oh man! Oh man, that was so. So, do you remember what it smelled like? Oh God. no! But I'm assuming, I'm assuming like gravy, like probably like French fries and gravy or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. like, like. Like spray can cheese whiz kind yeah, of. Yeah, although although it was Virginia, so it could have been like ham and peanuts. I don't really remember. <laughs> yes. You're going, Lobby Lobby? You're going to Hobby Lobby? You're going to Hobby Lobby? You guys need anything from Hobby Lobby? <laughs> I'm, no. I'm good. Um, 
Yeah, I'm. Hey, can I get a bunch of those little styrofoam balls? I want to make a. Uh, I want to make a solar system. Sure. Do you want white or green? <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Do you want green or white?" Those are those are colors of a club that we. Ah, that was a good one. Yeah. I can't believe she threw down green and white like that. <laughs> so all right. So the next Did thing that we're going to talk about. A lot of shit. <laughs> So I feel like I started with with the with the stories tonight. So the next thing I wanted to hit on was your sponsorship for for your business. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah actually, and it's your fault um, that I, that I did this. Uh, there's a flat track racer in Lakeland, Florida, uh, by the name of Aaron Worthington. How far uh, is that from where you're stationed? Uh it's about it's about two hours. So it ain't it ain't horribly far, you know. Um, but yeah, you, you sent me his Instagram and he's, uh, he's trying to get some sponsorships to, to fund his, his racing career. And I was, I was just lucky enough to have friends looking out and you, you sent that to me said, Hey, you should check this dude out. I said, all right, cool. I did. And I did a little bit of I'm research little- on him cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to like associate my business with like a pedo or nothing like that. And uh, come to find out, this dude's—you know—he's a vet. He's a—he's a great dad, um, and he's a pretty fucking badass racer. So yeah, and, and what I like about him too is he's—he's he's kind of like—I don't know what you would call it for the for the flat track scene, but I guess like more of that like underground or or you know like not. So he's not racing right now. He's not racing like professional AMA like yeah. like flat track stuff like like with the actual circuit but he's doing he's doing a lot of great like country he's traveling cross country and doing races and building it up and uh you know i think you know the chance to support small business like you and 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 getting a chance to promote and and post it on instagram or use it on on the show here or whatever is awesome because you're a vet doing small business shit and then obviously like you said he's a marine vet he's racing motorcycles that's one component that that we really like i mean we we like the club stuff and we like racing stuff too yeah yeah, 100%. What part of the body is part of the body on his suit is your your logo for your your business? Uh it's uh so much to Dave's chagrin, it's the uh upper part of of his left shoulder. He wanted me to drop the like 3 or 500 bucks it was to have fuck my my company's name blasted across this dude's ass, but I just I, like I just blasted across that. his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but but yeah so um yeah I'm, I'm just really excited man like this is to me this is just cool shit uh i think it's what we should be doing as a community anyway because it's you know we always talk about supporting vets and supporting small businesses and supporting those who support you so why not the why not fucking do it you know there's, I think there's the no thing. I think Tragic talked about it once before on a show too like brothers that brothers i think he had brothers or something like that that owned it a owned a, a business or, or something like that that they could use and stuff like that. And, and I think supporting your brothers that are trying to make money because in the end, that benefits the club. A, your brother has income. B, he's paying his fucking dues on time or whatever. Or, yes. you know, you know, C, he's less stressed or he's more fun on a run because now he's got cash coming in. Like, you're probably not going to make his entire bankroll for the year. But even, you know, if you're spending money at your brother's place of business or whatever, helping him out, sending customers to him, whatever, like that, that helps out you and that helps out the club in, in a whole. Like, like you, you know, if you're going to another bike shop that's not affiliated with you or whatever to get your stuff done, you know, why not go to somebody that's that's in the life and, and, and help them? 100%, you know, and that's why we, that's, you know, that's kind of like why we do the 
the shows that we do, like pulling on Jeff G. Holt from V Twin Visionary, uh, drama from uh, Self Made Performance. And don't forget to get all your Harley Performance gear at Self Made Performance in Endocino, California. <laughs> Endocino? What is Escondido. it? Whatever. Encino Man. I give a while. Very, very different fucking areas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, so, oh, San Francisco. That's right down the road from LA, right? So, does, I mean, like with COVID and shit like that, do they know like when he's going to be able to get back on the track, when the first race is, anything like that? I mean, I guess in Florida um, it's kind of wide open, though. Hey, for his, uh, well, for the for the suit and all that stuff, he's looking at January. Okay. So, but I mean, he's still hitting um, like little like little stuff here and there. Like, motherfucker didn't stop. Well, and he was at Mama Tried what two years ago, right, or last year. Uh, I don't know I for sure, but sure. so yeah, so, sure. and, and, so and like full disclosure here, I've never actually met the man, <laughs> right? Uh, this is literally something like a few days ago. Dave Dave shot this uh, this picture to me on Instagram and says, "Hey, did you see this?" I said, "No, but I'm about to give this motherfucker my money," you know. And like I said, did my research on him, found out you know okay, like he you know he's a cool dude. He's not somebody that's gonna get you know put my business in a bad light. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then and he travels, he races. I mean, he's making like for those that don't know, Mama Tried is is in is basically Canada. Uh, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I mean, you know, you're talking about coming from your home base in Florida in the winter, no less. And, and he's and, in like and southern Mama too. Like so, so he has to travel through the entire state of Florida first before he starts making his way north. You know. Mm-hmm. But. And so that was one thing we wanted to cover. Uh, the other thing we wanted to cover, I'm not sure, you know. It was kind of something that we'd go over a little bit, let Tragic talk about, and then kind of see where it takes us from there. But a little bit about the charity stuff. Like, Tragic was doing some really cool, and you don't have to share anything that you don't want to, but, you know, just as a background, you know, you're doing some really cool charity stuff today that, like, had a fucking uh, amazing turnout of people. And, you know, you you had some really good points about about doing that, about what it's like for our you know, I guess for lack of a better term, public perception or, or how people see bikers or, or what we're, what the fuck we're even into. Like, we're not just out there, you know, burning down bars or whatever. Like we like to give back and not just, you know, like you said, not just for the public image, but you know, because it's what we fucking like to do. Cause it's our community. So I, whatever you want to share about that and we can kind of talk about it from, from there. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I was at an event today that uh, my brothers from uh, the Compton chapter, um, we're throwing. They do a, an annual drive for um, to give the homeless uh, blankets. Uh, they go down to Skid Row, and uh, if anybody's familiar, not familiar with Skid Row, I mean, you can do a fucking cursory Google search and see what a fucking nightmare yeah. uh, that area is. You know, it's it's basically it's a tent city in uh, L.A. Um, and you know, people think of California as like not getting cold, but dog, I went out to like folk go to work the other night and it was fucking 40 degrees outside um for southern california you know that's fucking that's cold i mean where you're at i'm sure it's that's a warm sunny day for you up there (laughs) shorts and a t-shirt weather but you know i mean these are people who literally live in tents like fucking they get their water out of fucking you know fire hydrants you know it's 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 for lack of a better term it's off the grid living but in the grid you know what i mean um and so these people don't have a lot of things, and man, I'm proud as fuck of my bros that put this together. They don't. There's no publicity. There's no announcing it to the news channel. There's no, 
blasting it all over social media. There's no nothing. They they did it because there's a need for it and because they care about people. They care about their community. Um, and they go and do it. And they teamed up with uh, – fuck, I forget the business. I wish I, I wish I had it off the top of my head because they should get credit for it. Um, but it was like Coffee Up or something like that, some business. And they teamed up together. And they were – you know, and all the brothers, they all bring a blanket. You know, you give it out. Um, I brought a – what, what, what is it, a huggy or some shit? It's a like blanket that's also a poncho. So, so whoever oh, gets yeah. whoopee, a fucking whoopee. Yeah, yeah it's like snuggy or something like that. But it was like a it was like a Walgreens version. But uh, you know, something that you know, so the homie can move around with his blanket, you know, and walk around um, and still be warm. Um, but it's cool to see, like you know, and I was telling you guys, you know, there's a there's a phrase um, my clubs used it. I know that there's. Uh, other clubs that have used it, um, but it's uh, when we do bad. Uh, I'm sorry, when when we do good, nobody remembers. When we do bad, nobody forgets. And that's a lot of probably applicable to a lot of the bikers, uh, especially one percent clubs. You know, we fixate on the negative. We fixate on the fucking fights. We fixate on any sort of drama they can sell on the news or could sell on a fucking website. We don't fixate on, like, there's guys out there doing really good shit, and the only time it gets any credit is when you go out and have to pander to the news and say, like, hey, look, there's this big event or this big charity, and, and it, it it kind of takes away from it. It makes it a little disingenuous, and I'm just proud that, that my bros are doing it because they don't give a shit about the publicity about it. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. I have, I have uh, two things real quick. Um, and I don't know who's got the drums ready, but first, so, uh, today tragic was coming straight out of Compton. You're welcome. <laughs> second, second. Um, so you, you were down at Skid Row. Uh, this is for the older folks. Did anybody run into Sebastian Bach? No, no. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, all right, jokes aside, I think you're hundred percent right. And I think something that you brought up. Uh, about the newspapers and shit, we saw something um, from Gay Throttle where, you know, they were going to do uh, an episode about the dark side of motorcycle clubs. And to me, I'm so t- I'm tired of that fucking shit. Like the reason that you want to do something on the dark side of motorcycle clubs and the reason that we don't is not because we're avoiding it. It's because you're sensationalizing it to make a fucking buck. Like everybody knows that it fucking exists and everybody knows that shit happens. But when you when you make a whole episode about it. Like, like whatever you think about bikers doing social media or shows or whatever, you can have a, I guess not to, not to blow smoke up our own asses, but you can have a civic responsibility to, to, to show the positive shit of the light, the real stuff that happens more often than the dark side of bikers. And, and, and to have that, like, okay, well the Mongols, you know, they went and did this great charity event, but what else have they done? Tune in on the dark side of bikers. Like to me, you're just yeah. trying to make a fucking buck. You're no different than Jay Dobbins. You're no different than fucking anybody else selling some sensationalized book. You're trying to promote your business with headlines. They're going to make people click so you can make money by doing shit. That's going to scare people or intrigue them or you know for the keyboard warrior like it's gonna make his dick hard because he's gonna hear about bad shit that bikers do you know and yeah it's the, the it's disingenuous to the culture it, it hurts the culture more and if you're gonna call yourself a, a biker news site or you're gonna call yourself a biker even you know, what are you doing going and shitting on your own people you know if you're if you ride or you're in the club scene 
like, yeah, like you said, does does bad shit happen? Yeah, it happens in any fucking culture. It happens in any sort of scene. There's fucking knuckleheads all over the place, but there's knuckleheads in fucking real life too. So, you know, outside of the, the MC culture. So shit happens, of course. And the only thing that ever gets attracted or or publicized is the racy dark side shit. What are, what what do you what light are you fucking shedding on the dark side of things that fucking a million other, you know, TV shows or movies or any of that hasn't already gone over or books or tell all undercover fucking interviews like first of all those are all exaggerated and fucking nonsense for the most part and they are they're doing that's why i don't trust any of that it's not because i don't trust media or i think everything's fake news there's a motive there and their motive is to sell something and your motive is to sell something dark sexy violent fucking those things all sell so it's just like if that if that article didn't lose the last bit of respect anybody has for it like i don't know what would i know if i fucking lived over in that area i'd have a chit chat with homeboy and be like hey man stop fucking shitting all over your people yeah like you've literally like you've you've set up on your on your on, on this website and i hope that people don't actually try and go and google gay throttle that's not the actual name and you're gonna be you're gonna be very disappointed if you if you google it's gonna be that. a whole different website <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I think everybody's smart enough to know and stuff like that. But if you go to that website, like there's now a column that you can click on for your preferred brand of club. So if you want to see dirty news on the Mongols, you can fucking click on that and it'll bring it up. Like anything that, that's been poached out of out of old headlines, new headlines, yeah. whatever the case may be. You know, MC member gets a speeding ticket. Boom, it's on there and you can pull it up. And to me, you know, like like you said, that's not it happens. It's not it's public it's public knowledge and it fucking happens but like like tragic said you know it's happening to the guy that works in IT two dudes that work in IT at Amazon are going to get into a bar fight and one might stab the other or be black as eye or do whatever like it happens in every walk of life for you to make a website that specifically lists this name and this name and this name that's you with a motive to make fucking money and that takes away anything you can tell me about respect or integrity or, or just trying to give people both sides of the story no because you are now driven by money yeah and just to just a real quick because uh, i know punk rock has something to say there um just to to point out like this isn't us trashing a competitor or something like that we don't have a website so there's nothing to click on to generate ads you don't hear any commercials or ads in our podcast so there's no money generated there. We don't do we do all of this 100% free. When you go to that dude's website, every time you click this article, that article, switch that, it is ding 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 money in his bank. So that's why it's all these racy headlines. It's all this fucking nonsense. And so that's the great motivator right there. And I don't know about you like that, that's the same thing as like profiting off of, you know, any other fucking, you know, disenfranchised people it's it's taking advantage of someone else and and then you want to say you're part of that same scene like fuck off he's he's definitely he's selling out the culture for his own game and he's not even really good at it like all he does is he takes somebody else's writing from a newspaper um and he throws their entire article in quotation marks and then he adds a little research done by, like, cocksucking motherfucker fake percenter at the bottom of it, and then he fucking posted up there. So it's not even like he's 
doing any actual like investigation into what's actually going on. He's just selling out the culture, and he's, I mean, what pisses me off most is he's dry snitching on everybody, or not even dry snitching, snitching on fucking everybody. And because, like, if, you know, he found this article in this one one little town's fucking newspaper article or whatever, and now he puts this up on the internet, now everybody fucking knows. You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's just, that's not the kind of shit that I just, I want to see with the culture. I, I'd rather see, I mean, I'm, I'm a kumbaya kind of motherfucker, but... I'm also realistic. I know it's not going to happen, but at the same time, it's like, dude, why? Like, what's the what's the point outside of just making money? Like, what are you gaining from this outside of making money? And, you could, you know, what, like to not like to not like completely like just trash it with no like. I was like, you know, to be a can you be objective or whatever? Like, there was an opportunity, I think, to like go a different route, and and you know, he had people on and and made connections and stuff like that that like you know could have done a lot of positive. And you know, sometimes there's I'll credit where credit's due sometimes there's stuff on there where i'm like yeah you know that's a really good point or that's something to highlight but you know to me it's now become a thing where it's more often sensationalized it's more often the article on how bikers are pissing off the public or how you know bikers don't care you know what was the other one the other one the other day about it's a low quality of person joining clubs nowadays now it's outside of clubs dude i know that um punk rock you wrote on from your personal page and posted it because you didn't want to Kind of going too deep, I think, from from our page's perspective. Um, but it, I, if anybody who's in the club scene was not personally fucking offended by that, like, like first of all, one, if you're going to incite and uh, uh, insult an entire culture, like, first of all, I hope you're looking around before you fucking walk out your your fucking <laughs> front door. Like, I'm not scared of any man. If I put some shit out there like that, I would expect someone to come up and pop me in the fucking mouth for basically saying that every dude out there who's in the club life is a piece of shit compared to the dudes who used to be in it, you know, 20, 30 years ago or whatever in his whatever, you know, the high, high, the the golden years of, of the club. Now everybody is is not worth a shit. There's still plenty of people who are worth a shit. There's still tons of righteous fucking great people out there. We complain and talk shit about pop-up clubs and talk about like that, you know, stuff like that because there are negatives to it. But there's more good in the culture than there ever has been. And, 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 you know, like to me, I'm a proponent. I like social media. I think a lot of good can be done with it. And one of the things that highlights like, like pop-up clubs, like, you know, and that, you know, if you have a legitimate reason to start a club and you do it right, I'm all for that. Like, you know, a pop-up club is somebody that's like, you know, there's there's no work put in. There's no, you know, there's no consideration to what clubs are in the area and joining those. There's no consideration to what color scheme you're running or respect given to that. Like, to me, that's a pop-up club, right? Yeah. And, and and irregardless, like, like you know, you can – social media allows you to be like, hey, man, I saw this shit in my area, and that doesn't make any sense. And, and maybe, maybe, I know what's happened because we've heard about it in the inbox – those guys message somebody say, Hey, can we have, you know, we didn't know we've been, you know, we, we wanted to meet up. We didn't know that you were in the next town or whatever the case may be. We'll meet up. We'll sit down and we'll fucking rectify it. That's a great thing that can fucking, that can happen. You know, education can be had if you use it responsibly through social media. And, you know, to me, like the other stuff that, 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 that you're doing is like, you just, you can't let go of, of your favorite era that you were a part of. So what you've done is you've cherry picked all the bad examples on social media and you've now used that as a crutch to like try and make your point. But it's like, you just sound like that fucking, that never has been dude. And, and like, you know, the, the leather bandana wrapped too tight around his fucking head who just can't let it go. Fucking rhinestones and fucking true religion. <laughs> 
affliction shirts. <laughs> um, <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah. But here's the thing though, is, is, you know, like you said, he has done good stuff. He could turn it around. He could be, you know, there was a, a website, the aging rebel, which was a website. It generated income because of clicks. It had moderate amount of, of ads. Um, you know, he, he even took, you know, uh, uh, money from people who wanted to like sponsor it and things like that. That was a fucking wonderful website where it was a guy who was doing it and trying to be a beacon of light in the culture. And he could have easily gone the same route. You could still make money off this. You just don't have to be fucking that greedy that you're doing it at the expense of integrity. And what I loved about the about Aging Rebels, he would take the the newspaper article or the headline or, or uh, whatever, show it to you so you could read it. And then he would break down his thoughts on it and how it applied to the biker community to the article. So you know what? If you're if you're a person that reads the article and you think one way, he gives you a chance to look at it another way. And then you can make your own fucking decision. He wasn't telling you to like this, that, or the other thing. He was saying, look, okay, this is what the article wrote, but this is actually, you know, what it plays out to be. So the article might be like, you know, fucking homeboy was arrested for selling drugs or whatever. But really, when you read the rest of the fucking article, homeboy just went to go with one of his friends who happened to be a cop who made a fake drug deal and then he got and then homeboy got arrested. But the, the newspaper is not going to fucking tell you that. You need somebody else that's going to get the court. You know, Rebel would go and like get court transcripts. He would do public record requests for for you know for court receipts and 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 warrants and shit like that. He would give you the whole story, not just what the fucking newspaper said. And then and then to be the the website that calls the aging Rebel, yeah, uh, rest in peace. Also, uh, you know, for for Rebel, um, to call that site uh, dry snitching. Because of how he participated in litigation and things that happened like that, on the behalf of the fucking culture, like, dude, that guy was fucking on behalf of on the right side of history of things, and you're gonna call that dude a dry stitch, and then you turn around and you're posting fucking all these crazy articles, um, a lot of them that aren't that aren't even you know like for instance like U.S. articles, you know, it's it's European stuff. It's he's gathering from all over the world and making it sound like we're in everybody's backyard having fucking gunfights. I'm trying to get my dad to quit sending me that shit because he, he reads uh, Lame Throttle all the time and he uses that as a, see, this is why you need to get out of the culture. This is why, you know, you're, I know you, you're friends with some of these guys. You need to fucking watch your back. It's like, dude, first off, like, Google that shit, dad. I Googled one article that he sent me because um, it's about a club that I'm aware of um, that I know no longer exists in that area um, of San Diego. You Google you Google the names that were fucking popped up, and you know they, they say, oh, this guy died at this age, and this guy died at that age, blah, blah, blah. You Google those names, and you'll see the fucking death records. Like, that shit happened in, like, the 70s. So it's not even like he's reporting, like, new shit either all the yeah. time. So. Yeah, it's, it's regurgitated, but I mean, I digress. The the, the my the, the issue is is that um, you can do good for the culture, and with charity work that we were talking about earlier, you can do it without all the fanfare. It, it, and I'm not saying don't take credit. You know, if you do fucking awesome things, um, the club club uh, out in um, Des Moines, you know, they do a uh, the solid ones uh, MC. They do a, a bike giveaway, 
uh, every year for kids. They they go out and buy a bunch of bicycles and give kids brand new fucking dope bicycles, you know. And they advertise it on their their Facebook page and social media and stuff like that. Um, we do other events on ours, you know, that we that we let people know that are coming through. Um, you know, we give out turkeys um, that happen, uh, you know, for Thanksgiving. You know, there's huge where we give out fucking hundreds, if not almost close to a thousand turkeys. We don't sit there and tell everyone because, like I said, it's that's not the reason you do it. It's like you don't buy your kids gifts for Christmas just to be like, hey, I gave that to you, not your mom. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> if, I mean, I'll tell you. If, I, I'll, if I'll, it's <laughs> Look at Santa never gave any of the good ones uh, when I when my daughter was a kid. I take credit for the good ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa gives them socks. Yeah, but Santa, it's, it's the difference between Gavin's the one that bought you the Xbox, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. It's the difference though between altruism um, and authenticity. You know, it, law enforcement has sit there and they've slandered clubs and they sit there and say they only do these toy runs, they only do all these things because they're doing PR to to increase their image. Guess what? I don't give a fuck about my public image. We are who we are. We do what we do. We help because we want to help because it's a fucking group of dudes of mostly like blue collar um, who are good fucking solid individuals. That's it. It's, it's men who live like men and we give because it's not to get credit. We give because we want to give. So if, and that should lend to the fact that it isn't just fucking maniacs, you know, raping and pillaging fucking town to town. (laughs) And I think you know another thing of it, like like you you know you talk about the um, the image or whatever, you know I think it does like you know when you think about the charity work that most of us in clubs do do, it's it's to the the I guess the less fortunate or the marginalized in society. And how many bikers? What percentage of bikers feel like that marginalized or that forgotten kind of culture? Like a lot for a lot of us, not everybody. That's kind of what drew you to this life was you knew that you were different or maybe that not everything in society fit with you. And you can relate to some of these people that, that you're trying to help out. People have discarded them, written them off, forgot about them, whatever the case may be. And you're connecting with them. You don't really give a shit about the publicity. You don't really give a shit if Tammy at channel nine news loves you or the fucking dude with a five car garage. But, you know, you're helping people that are, you know, and most of our clubhouses, like, like most of us aren't in high property tax neighborhoods, right? A lot of these people are fucking neighbors and they look out for us. You know, they, they, they come over and maybe support the clubhouse. They, they, they look out for the clubhouse. They talk to you. They treat you well in the neighborhood. They accept you in the neighborhood if you're not from there and you're getting an opportunity to give something back through food, through clothing, through warmth, whatever the fucking, uh, you know, the case may be. And I think that's part of the, of why bikers, my, my two cents on, on maybe why bikers do it more so than just being able to also, it's something that we can control. We can control that narrative because you can't change it. You can't change it to so-and-so handed out turkeys with cyanide in it. All right. If nobody fucking died from eating the turkeys, all they did was hand out fucking turkeys and you have to write it that way. It's a chance to control the narrative and give back to the community that you are active in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a while ago, um, it was on the other page, and I also we did it also when we transitioned. Um, but I wrote a, a an article that kind of basically called it compared guys in clubs, bikers to samurai because the samurai whole thing was like to serve and to serve to service. You know their 
their you know main guy or whatever it was to to live up to a level of expectation and, and serve and be part of their community essentially and bikers do that like these guys are out there giving blankets because they know that these people are cold because they've been cold also you know we give out food because you know these people are hungry because i've been hungry also and those feelings suck and it's nice to to help people out and if you have men of a certain caliber you know a certain level of honor you go out and you try to fucking you know, make a difference in the little way you can. Um, and it, I, it, it's offensive when people try to say that, like, the charity work and stuff like that is just for public relations. It's like, dude, if it was for public relations, we'd do something really big that doesn't fucking pay out, that doesn't do a lot, you know, that you can get, you know, it'd be real big and flashy. Um, handing out turkeys with nobody around, you know, and, and poor people coming up, and that's the only way that they're going to be able to feed their family legitimately on Thanksgiving. Um, for for my brothers uh, in Montebello chapter that do that every year, and they've been doing it for years. Like those are solid fucking dudes who set these up, who take care of not only their community, they take care of their brothers. It's just like it's an honor to know men like that. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's kind of sad that as a community we go th- we go through we do that shit you know, but if you are a known affiliate of whatever fucking alphabet agency deems is a bad as a bad outfit, you know, you get pulled over. Like if, if one of your brothers has a fucking drug habit, you know, and I'm just using this as an example If one of your brothers has, has a drug habit and he gets pulled over and he's got a bag on, him, you know, they're not going to say, Oh, well we fucking stopped Billy on his fucking bike and we found Coke. It's going to read, you know, Oh, Ventura County Mongol, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, and that's and that's another thing, right? Like he could, you know, even if he wasn't wearing his colors, because because he's a known affiliate, they're gonna paint it that way. And I don't know. I'm just fucking tired of America, dude. Like, I, like especially <laughs> with this fucking dude with the election and and all that shit, and just seeing how fucking ugly people are being to each other, just because you either voted for. The fucking the kitty sniffer or the angry Cheeto, like you got, you know, people are fucking bickering back and forth and calling each other fucking all sorts of just fucking ugly names, dude. I'm just so tired of seeing all this shit, man. And and then we brought this up. <laughs> I'm just fucking. Tired. I'm just lucky, like for instance, that I come from a group of men who, you know, have their passionate opinions on stuff like that. And at the end of the day, um, it it never creates a divide. You know what I mean? It's the positive, and we just reinforce and support each other. It's you know us first. And so. I feel you know I'm generalizing. I don't go. I'm not. I'm not a census taker. I don't go fucking house to house. But you know, I feel like for the most part, the motorcycle community is in, is is represented or contains mostly men of uh, I guess honor, morals, um, integrity. And I think when you have kind of those values where, and also like, you know, with that more, you know, that's not just like, Hey, I'm going to be really nice to you. Morals, integrity, uh, levels of honor and respect that can mean fucking violence. If that's a punch in the face or a mouth because you need it, that's what that means. And I think when you have men that have, I guess, codes, I think tragic said, you know, you live up to that, that code, you know, it's you can say, okay, well, I disagree with you on this subject or this subject, even even deeply, even passionately, I disagree with you, but I'm still gonna punch a motherfucker in the mouth for you 
if it needs it. I'm still going to feed you. I'm still going to ride next to you, whatever the case may be. For the most part, I think, you know, that's kind of uh, something that clubs possess. Maybe that other people that get on social media and run their gums or or, or bicker back and forth on a, on a post about whoever. You know, I feel like those people lack that. I don't think either, A, they're not made up of that material or they don't have people like that, men or women. They don't have people like that with those convictions in their lives. So everything is very fake and kind of flimsy uh, to them to where they, you know, they're only concerned about their own bubble where we're concerned about other shit. It's more, it runs deeper for us. Does that, make, does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Like I said, it, when I compared like bikers to kind of like in that article compared the, the reference to like samurai or knights, you know, and that's is because there is, it's, it's honorable dudes, men who are being men. And, Sometimes that means taking care of people who are less fortunate than you. Sometimes that means punching a motherfucker in the mouth. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's just how we are. And that's less and less in this day and age in culture because we kind of kind of fucking turned real soft. Um, mainstream society is real soft. I mean, the fact that, you know, it, it's just it's it's soft. And so people who live their lives like that, like there's an allure to it. And that's why there's shows about bikers. Because it's no. like this mysticism. That's why there's shows about law enforcement because people can't wrap their brain around living a life as being, you know, someone who has a gun on their hip. And, you know, and then they, that's why they glorify it so much on those shows. That's why there's shows about firefighters because they can't they can't wrap their brain around the, the idea of a guys who run in towards fire. You know, it's these kind of archetypes. And, a, and the biker is one of them. Yeah. And and I think people get, you know, it's crazy to me, like, and again, we're dealing with different beasts, different animals, so I don't want to generalize too much, but, like, it will have a show, a TV show or whatever, movie, I guess a movie about bikers or, or uh, a sensationalized website about bikers, and people argue or will defend to why that is accurate or, or whatever or take that as a real-life depiction. You know, and and you flip that and you look at it like shows like the military, you know, you look at like war movies and stuff like that. Pretty much everybody understands that there's going to be criticisms of something inside a military movie. Like, OK, the tactics are wrong. The uniforms are fucked up. That wasn't really how a deployment goes and shit like that. It's Hollywood. And I, I've never understood why we give that kind of understanding to military movies. But when we watch anything else, police, fire, biker shit, we're like, oh, no, that's totally got to be a fucking everybody's like jack everybody's a fucking jack look i'm slightly overweight and i don't wear white tennis shoes like but i still will watch sons of anarchy but i don't look like fucking jacks right (laughs) i'd never if i did i'd never put fucking clothes on (laughs) right uh i bet just look at me just take me in just look at me (laughs) oh oh i'll take you in but i mean i feel like you know like i'm saying like we give kind of this lean this this whatever you want to call it, two movies that we know are sensationalized. Military is like the perfect example. But like I said, if we see something with bikers, then we're like, well, fuck it. That's got to be how it is. Well, you have to suspend just, you have to suspend belief. Like that's one of the things that like, you like, like for guys who have served when you watch a military movie and like you said, the, the, the tattoos, you can still have an entertaining movie. You just have right? to suspend Belief. Same thing with, like, I mean, look at Sons of Anarchy. We, a lot of guys always talk a lot of shit saying, you know, like, oh, that was the end of the culture. Eh, no, it was all the, you know, it, it was us allowing stuff to to become accepted and shit like that. It wasn't the TV show. The TV show was entertaining. Was it real? No. Jax was like a fucking, like, <laughs> I think the kill count on that motherfucker was... Like, I was like, Jesus, were you, you know, a serial killer? Like, it was like the highest, I, I think it's like in the hundreds. It was like 126. The most real thing on there, 
The Google it. Thing on there was like when when Tig fucked a tranny, right? And I was like, I think they got something probably pretty right because I'm pretty sure uh, my homie Andar has been in that situation. Yeah, but I didn't have sex with it. Six. I didn't have sex with it. <laughs> That's right. You just grabbed your dick. I grabbed oh, it. You grabbed it. I grabbed his dick. Okay. It was 126 kills, is what you said? No, no, 46. 26? 46. Oh, 46. 40. Four, yeah, 46. Six. That's fucking, like, <laughs> that's, like, you're one of the most successful serial killers on the planet if you fucking yeah. have killed yeah. 46 fucking people. Um, so, you know, but it was it entertaining? Sure. Like, it was it, uh, did I enjoy it? Yeah, I, you know, it was it was entertaining for what it was. And- now, when I watched like, this, the, when I watched the Mayans, I watched the first episode. And I was like, "Fuck this show! It's trash." <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like you know, like I always ask, you know, I want to ask people like when they complain about about the show. I'm like, would you complain more if it had some elements of like good protocol and shit like that, and and then went to this crazy shit because you have to draw on viewers, and it doesn't want you know if there's a hundred thousand people that ride motorcycles or, or if there's fifty thousand people that are involved in club shit. 50,000 viewers on a TV show is not shit, and that's not going to attract any fucking money, and nobody's getting fucking paid, okay? It needs viewers, and if you stack up titties or a body count, you're going to get fucking viewers. Like, would you be more mad if it was Hollywood, or would you be more mad if, like, one minute they were, like, doing good protocol shit in one episode, and then the next minute they're serial killing everybody? Like, 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 which one? If I signed a reality TV show contract... Be like, oh, we can follow a one percenter around, and and they can fucking see how I live my day to day life. They'd last about fucking three hours before this is not gonna fucking sell. This is boring as fuck. <laughs> shit in. Sorry, we're canceling your contract. Get fucked. That producer. That producer's like, what time do we go kill somebody? Yeah. Where's the big meth deal? How come that's not happening? Aren't you supposed to be pimping hoes right now? Like. <laughs> Strategies like on their way out the door. He's like, but wait, 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 come back on Thursday. We record our podcast. Like, yeah. you'll see some really exciting shit where we sit there and shit all over the fucking stereotypes of everything. But, but one thing I did like about the shows is it got guys in the life work. Like, there's legitimate club dudes that made money because they found something that would sell. Like, if you're a rational, critical thinking person, you're like, okay, this is all Hollywood entertainment. They gave away almost zero fucking motorcycle club secrets if you were worried about that and they got to make money on something that was fucking entertaining like you're you're what you know it might be a different club or whatever that you're not in but like if you're in that club like your bro's making money are you really gonna fucking are you gonna talk shit on that and you know like like uh uh robert you know the terminator robert patrick you know he gets to be in the mines or uh rocco rocco who's in the mines was a army ranger too so you're seeing like a vet Make fucking money. I like go from being in the army, an army ranger, to like being in Hollywood and getting paid. Like that shit's cool to me. Like support that. Yeah, they. Uh, I think it's mentioned it last time we recorded that they just recorded uh, an episode of them over um, in, a, in one of the towns in my area, um, recording uh, a Mayans episode. So I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a. My issue with it was is that <laughs> spoiler alert um, was that the main character was a rat, and I was like. Fuck this. I'm not watching this. I'm not watching a show that glorifies. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I watched a couple. I thought it was boring. It's way more boring than Sons of Anarchy. I felt like I felt like it was more boring. It didn't suck me in. I watched like two or three episodes and I was yeah, I just kind of fell off. 
But, well, uh, and I feel like they fucked it up because I feel like in the beginning that main character dude they tried to make you like feel sorry for him with that chick that was like used to be his but now she's with the fucking cartel dude. I didn't feel sorry yeah. for you. I want to see some fucking like at yeah. least in the first episode of Sons of Anarchy I got to see like something blow up and I got to see some titties and shit like that. Like this first <laughs> episode, you're trying to make me feel bad for this guy. I'm not coming back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, look, hey man, Jax was out there slinging dick when he wasn't at home. So like, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, so this wanna, this, that character was sitting there pining over a fucking come on dog. <laughs> yeah. You see, you see him sitting there on his fucking typical Chicano style fucking Road King teardrop. Just yeah. I wouldn't like that but, first episode. Of Sunday Anarchy, though, saying, to, I've never uh, been in a gas course. station where I could buy. I've never been in a gas station where I could buy cigarettes, beer, and a children's book. <laughs> it's like what. The <laughs> <laughs> what kind of gas stations do y'all have in California? <laughs> that so that's actually kind of uh, he must have been like a pilot or something or a flying J. It was it was a truck stop. It wasn't a gas station. <laughs> but hey, but uh, bring it back to what Tragic was saying, right? About how we did this. Um, I like I just I just wanted to say like I appreciate that because we don't hear that a lot in the culture. You know, we hear a lot of, oh, the TVs are fucking this up, or the TV shows are fucking this up, or fucking, you know, whatever. You know, these news sites are fucking it up. And it's it's not. It's us, you know, because we allow this bullshit. And, you know, like, I wrote an article about it, I think it was yesterday or today. Yes, yeah, yesterday or today, about, you know, we have to hold a standard. And if we set the bar, either set the bar too low or just don't enforce the standard. This is what we get. You know, this is how we get pop-up clubs. This is how we get all this shit. This is how we get those, uh, like, that cat that was part of some fucking, like, EMS fucking writing club talking shit about, like, oh, fucking paying fines is stupid because that's what the government does. And it's like, don't fuck with that, bro. Like, welcome to this voluntary life that yeah, you don't I have would, to. Well, I don't Ahead, My argument's always been that fucking Kurt Sutter is not going to give your guy a patch. All right? So if the standards are low, it's because you fucking let it be low. Kurt Sutter yeah, is not going to get a dude into a club. That's exactly what I was going to say right now is, is did the show hurt anything? No, it probably helped. It, did, it, it, did you get inspired to get on a motorcycle and fucking have that life-changing moment of where you're like, this is what I fucking love because you saw that show and it looked cool? If so, cool. What did that do to Solid Dude? And he joined a club after that. Is he a piece of shit because he was inspired to join this life because he saw a fucking TV show like Sons of Anarchy? And he ended up, well, he's a solid dude. Like, no. The guys who saw it were like, I want to do that. And are fucking D-bags and fucking just fucking posers. They're going to get weeded out if you have any sort of fucking standard that you hold up to it. So if, if you're encouraging people to come check out the culture, come check out writing, come check out the fucking club scene... And some of them stick. Good. We need fucking more solid dudes in this life. If they don't stick because they're a piece of shit, good. Fucking fuck off. Move <laughs> along there, chief. Go find your new thing you're into. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, people are gonna watch the show. They're gonna wanna. They're gonna try to join legitimate fucking clubs. They're gonna get washed out, and then they're gonna open up biker news websites. Yeah, and and there's plenty of shit that go beyond. Uh, what's that one dude's that law-abiding biker or whatever? Go beyond that fucking website. Brian Erlocker, that guy's a cop. 
Yeah, go be on his side. And you know what? People get mad about him. I don't get mad about him. Like, he says, like, oh, bike clubs are this, and you don't have to take shit from that. Look, my world, being in a motorcycle club, is my own. And and whatever he's telling you and you're going to that site, you're not in my world. So I don't give a shit what you do. And if you cross me in a, in, in a wrong way, then we might have a conversation. And if it's really wrong, then we might have to fight. But most of those guys that are going there don't want to take it to that level. They just want somebody to tell them they can go ride however they want. And most guys that are in this life and, and want to do good in this life and be good brothers, they're not concerning themselves with what the fuck you are doing. So like, if you're going to like, I don't know what he's selling them or what people need to hear. Like he needs to like bottle feed them or reinforce to them, but he's selling you shit and you're fucking paying for it. Like he gets paid to tell you that you can tell a fucking motorcycle guy to fuck off. First of all, most of you probably aren't. Second of all, if you do, it's probably when the guy's flying by you on the motorcycle and doesn't hear you anyway. And like I said, most guys aren't going to like, if you put some stupid shit on your vest, that's not a complete abomination. Most decent dudes don't get worked up about it. They laugh at you. They they take a picture of it and send it to their bros so they can laugh at you. They post it on good websites so they can laugh at you. Like nobody really gives a shit like about you being an independent. And so to like to have a site where you're paying money for somebody to tell you that it's okay to be an independent, send that shit to me. You don't have to send it to the former Chicago Bears linebacker, Brian Urlacher, that's now a fucking cop. Just send it to me. It's also not really the former linebacker for the Chicago Bears. That's a joke. <laughs> Well, it's like like when people um, wear the the Sons of Anarchy stuff, and they're wearing the the bottom rocker and the top rocker and stuff. And I think some of their brand they stopped putting the bottom rocker because they were like, we don't want to get people who wear this beat up. But I, I think if I saw that dude, I'm not gonna go beat a dude up who's wearing a Sons of Anarchy vest. Yes. I'm- Fucking gonna laugh my fucking ass off. I'm like yes. you said, I'm taking a picture, I'm fucking posting it on my Instagram, I'm tagging all my bros in it. Like, look at this shit, it's fucking hysterical. There's a, a couple of pages on Instagram that do that and they post it, and it's the funniest fucking shit. Look at man, I need more laughs in my life. I fucking encourage some fat piece of shit to do shit. I'm the one that posts that shit on the page sometimes when it's super fucked up and everybody's like, oh, laughing at the guy, but he's just trying to live his best life. Yeah, but you know what? It's fucking funny also. And, and you know what? I'm going to tell you what. It's funny, and if what's that meme with like the hard to swallow pills if you're the guy that beats up a dude in a sons of anarchy cut you're at you're the asshole okay like (laughs) unless he unless he is trying to fight you if you just go over there and beat that man up because he's wearing some sons of anarchy shit you're the asshole okay let that man he's not going to be in a legit club he's obviously just a fan of the show he's not going to run with you and your brothers and you're probably not going to be stuck at a bar with him or in your clubhouse so if you beat him up you're the asshole, not him. Like, what yeah. that man fucking speaks. There's that video where the guy the guy is educating that kid. He's like, first of all, I think that kid's like driving like a fucking Nissan Maxima with fucking neon underlights and shit and a spoiler. And he's wearing a Sons of Anarchy fucking shirt. And it's because it's growing body for him because he likes the show. Like, leave that poor son of a bitch alone. Like, sure, he's a fucking nerd. Look at it. At least he's getting laid. His girlfriend bought it for him. But it's probably not that great because she bought him that. They're just going to get him fucking mocked. She probably bought it yeah. to scare other bitches away. Like, look at this nerd. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? And that's the that's the thing is, like, you see these videos of, like, dudes confronting uh, people wearing uh, Sons of Anarchy gear, right? Whether it do, do like, hoodies. I've seen, them, I've, I've seen the videos of dudes fucking calling dudes out wearing just the hoodies, right? And it's... Uh, it's never, you know, a 
super big dude. Like, I, I don't see tragic, a dude tragic size, wearing a Sons of Anarchy cut, and then some dude that looks like me walking out and be like, listen, motherfucker. You know, nobody does that shit, right? Dude, it's always some me? fucking, it's some, it's, it's either some fucking nobody from a club, um, you know, my, my favorite club, or just some fucking asshole that thinks that, that like, they watched a dude in a club ride by, so now they all know fucking protocol that want to talk shit to these guys. It's like, dude, it's like, you're just picking on people at this point. Well, that, and that's how it is. Like, one, either I'm going to laugh at the guy, you know, not, not to his face, because I don't want to hurt his feelings. I'm a nice guy. Like, yeah. or if I do have a conversation with that guy, you know what my conversation is going to be? Hey, dog, that shit's fucking corny as fuck. You should take that off. Everybody's laughing at you. You probably don't know it. I like the show too, but it 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 looks fucking cheesy as shit. Like, take it off. It's gonna it's gonna get in the way of you getting your dick wet because yeah. <laughs> girls are gonna fucking laugh at you. Like, yeah, that's but are you gonna beat the shit out of him when you take it off? And yeah, I'd have a benevolent fucking coach session of like, look at homie, I feel bad. Everybody's laughing at you. Like, take it off. Like, go fucking yeah. take it off. Like, just for your own sake. Like, so you don't get fucking clowned on. Yeah, but but are you gonna fucking? When you tell him, like, hey, man, like, take it off because everybody's laughing at you. When he doesn't, are you going to take him out back and whoop the shit out of him? Probably not, right? Oh, I'm – first of all, if he keeps it on, then he's even more fair game to make fun of because I'm like, this fucking son of a bitch doubled down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like, you know, guys that, get, guys that get worked up because, you know, they see a cut that's got, like, you know, it's got the independent rocker on it and the lone wolf patch. I hate that shit. That shit is so fucking cheesy. But if you feel the need that you want to imitate this lifestyle so bad that you go out and spend money to, you know, and buy, you know, buy a vest. I don't care. People buy a vest, ride in a vest. I like a vest. It's it's comfy. But if you want to put patches on it that mimic a motorcycle club just to tell the world how non-motorcycle club you are, that's on you, bro. That's your money. Spend it however the fuck you want. And the only time that I'm going to care is if you come up to me unsolicited to tell me how, what you don't like about motorcycle clubs and why you're a lone wolf, no club. Like, other than that, do what you want. Go over there. Be lone wolf as fuck with your, with your tabs and your rocker setup and everything else. And I promise you, I'm going to have a good laugh. I'm going to snicker. But never shall our paths cross. Unless you come up and make it an issue... I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Dude, you know but that's that. why I say shame is a bigger motivator for a lot of this than the idea of fear. You know, there, there's the idea of this, you know, mythical fucking biker games roaming the countryside. And if you are wearing the wrong thing, that we're just going to come snatch your shit off and beat the fucking piss out of you. I, dude, it, like you said, if it's a lone wolf thing, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to send it to everybody. Are there certain things that are off limits? Fuck yes. There's certain things like, hey, it's disrespectful. Um, you know, you wouldn't be okay with somebody, you know, wearing fatigues and pretending to be a fucking, you know, airborne ranger or something like that and doing that whole stolen valor shit with, without there being consequences. But a dude who's wearing a lone wolf fucking patch, no club, rocker, whatever the fuck, the dude who's wearing Sons of Anarchy, he's not doing that. He's not trying to pretend to be something he's not. Unless you're fucking retarded enough to think that he made a club named after the club on the fucking TV show and tried to start his own LARPing fucking biker gang. <laughs> and again, like, 
I don't care if you you get all your homies together in some Sons of Anarchy gear and go LARPing around on your Hondas. I don't get, you're not getting into my clubhouse. You're yeah. not going to get a flyer to the run. And when I see you at bike night, you're all over my Instagram. Okay. Like, or if I see uh, you all over my Instagram. Guys, though, just, just, that would like, be hilarious. <laughs> I could get a picture with the, 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 the original nine. Or <laughs> you know, like, and that's like you said, stolen valor. Like, you know, we see these videos of these guys confronting dudes with stolen valor. Look, if that's what you want to do, cause you care that much, I get it. But these dudes that are confronting these these guys in fake uniforms, they're not like beating the shit out of them. They're just humiliating. They're shaming them. And, you know, yeah, it's illegal if you profit off of it or whatever. But for the most part, like they just look pathetic and whatever's going on in their life is probably pathetic. And and that's why they have that shit on there. But you're not just instantly beating the shit out of them. Even most guys like let's take it a step further. If somebody comes into your area in an improper support shirt for most of us, most (laughs) The first thing you do is is talk to them. Most you don't just go up there and and you know suddenly start jujitsuing the shit out of them or or throwing them through plate glass windows. Like you you say, hey, would you like a better shirt? I would like to to offer you a chance to make a better decision. Yeah, there's a video of that which is uh, they got posted at some point. I think it was over in Europe though. But a kid who didn't know bought a a, a shirt from one club and thought it was cool and and. You know, racy and neat, and he wore it in the wrong fucking area around some serious fucking dudes. And they did that. They said, hey, man. And he gave him a, a verbal, like, I don't know if you know what this means, but here's a better shirt, like you said. We're not just taking your shit. We're going to do a trade. I thought that was fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Because the, kid, was, the kid, kid didn't know fuck all about fuck. I've written articles. There's a difference between supporters who are like, there's the supporter who's in the life and they're trying to get into it and it's the steps to eventually to join the lifestyle. And then there's a difference between a guy who thought it was a cool fucking shirt and he knows the name of a club and he thinks it sounds cool or maybe he's a related to somebody in the club or whatever and they're just wearing a piece of clothing. And that shit is so that that support gear now is so easily purchased through the internet or whatever and, and people say and and you know what there's there's pros and cons to that argument. Is there a responsibility on the club selling the gear? Okay, if you want to say yes, I can see some points in that. But I also say no. Like, it's a great way for a club to provide income that can help you with the clubhouse, can help you with dues, can help you with legal funds, medical bills, runs, whatever. And you don't have the resources or the membership to constantly send out an email that has a list of rules that go along with this shirt that you just bought. To me, it's more on us as the patch holder to to offer that advice first to, to to be that person that's going to be like hey man this area that you're in right now let's let's get you in a different shirt or something like that because like like you mentioned like like tragic said you're probably going to know the difference between that guy that just bought it off the internet because he can and isn't looking for shit versus that johnny big dick that wants to come in and start some shit it's going to be real fucking apparent real quick and then you could handle the situation accordingly but as that patch holder it shouldn't be you taking it to that level for you should give them every recourse for a very pleasant experience to go about their fucking business. Yeah, exactly. So I do want to um, I do want to disagree with you there on how easy it is to get support gear online. <laughs> I have been I have been trying to purchase a specific support shirt for a while from a specific guy on our show, and he keeps ignoring my phone calls. <laughs> 
I don't know. Who are we talking about? Drifter needs to see that fucking shirt. I don't Drifter, know. I know. Look, I gotta, when Drifter I gotta, gets back on, I'll talk to him about getting you that shirt. God damn it. All right. All right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying from, you know, I've got, I've got a hoodie coming in from a man that I've never met before, but he knows me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying. Drifter, Drifter dropped the ball. Drifter dropped the ball. <laughs> But I think Tragic brings up a great point that I like is is personal. And I think Tragic's kind of always had this, not that everybody on the page doesn't, but, you know, a good way of vocalizing it um, is that personal accountability comes from the patch. It comes from us in the club first before it comes from that outside individual. Like you are responsible for, you need to be personally accountable for your actions before you blame somebody else. Like if you did everything you could to resolve that situation and it still went poorly, at least you have that accountability that I did what I could to ha- offer a different result. You can't control what that other person is going to do. You can only control yourself and how you evaluate a situation. And I hope people take that into consideration when they're looking at people that they're pro- at their probating or prospecting. Like, is this person somebody that's going to just start shit? And if are you okay with that? If that's them, do you want that hothead or do you want that more calculated person that's like, look, I'm going to try and and have a fun time or a smooth time. And if we can't, we can't, but you know, I'm going to have that personal accountability for my own actions first. And I think we need more, more of that would be perfect. Yeah. Although, I mean, there are time and this isn't, I look at, I have a, a personally uh, a very close uh, guy uh, to me who he listens to this show also. So, uh, you know, I'll shout out to him. Uh, he knows who he is. Um, he's a fucking hothead. He's I've, seen him fucking knock more people out than I've ever fucking seen in my life. And he's, he's not a brother or anything like that. So chill out, Jerry. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's quick, but you know, the, the, the lesson is, is, you know, are, are those dudes coachable? Are dudes that who are like that? Is, is it someone who has that, like you said, that critical thinking, that self-reflection to try to make themselves better, uh, not just for them, but for also for their brothers and, and the club. It- it sounds like that's something that Tragic would want to teach that person or help that person like get more of as they came up in the – because you said he's not a brother. So if he was going to come that way through the stages, that's on us to be like, hey, let's give him some of that. So this is a guy that can handle his own. He can stand his ground. He's loyal as fuck. He can throw down. He's not scared, whatever. Now I'm going to give him a few more tools that we kind of want in our patches. That's whatever. If you dude. want a complete dipshit, if you're in a club called Dipshit MC and you want dipshits, then teach them to be a dipshit. that's that's uh, dude i have a fucking my my motto was is the juice worth the squeeze you know i'm not a person who backs down from conflict in my life but it's always is the juice worth the squeeze and if you have a dude like you just described and you can give him those critical thinking and fucking self-accountability i mean you're molding almost a perfect brother you know what i mean someone who knows how to fucking you know handle their own and stand stand their ground and, you know, isn't a bitch, <laughs> you know, for all sorts of purposes, is the description, but has the ability to think about, is this the right time to, to dig my heels in? Or is this the time that I need to try to think more outside of this and do some problem solving, you know? Um, and so you have dudes like that in this life now, which further fucking goes against that fucking, that article that, uh, that other, that other page put out basically saying that the quality of men now is fucking trash. There's dudes in this life who are fucking who would have been. I, I would say they're they're more common. They're probably the average dude in in, in uh, at least in the one percent club world than the than the outlier. And that's not how it has always been. 
so you tell me that the quality is going down. These dudes are dudes who are smart, fearless, and fucking honorable. Like, what fucking more do you want? Like that—that that would be like trying to say like, you know, uh, it, it's just holding on to that nostalgia of it. You know, the old is is the best. If you have a dude who can fucking you know sit there and, and talk philosophy with you and then also bust a dude's teeth out, hey man, that's the kind of dude I want around me. Yeah, hundred percent agree. We had anything else for for tonight? We've been recording. It's a long ass show, isn't it? I don't fucking know. I don't even know what time we started. I know I'm well, up here. We've been we've been on the phone for like two hours, but yeah, this is uh we got like an hour and ten in right now recording. Should we should we call it a night? We can. Unless you got a, unless you got something else you wanted to bring up, I'm kind of I'm tapped. I mean, unless yeah. we want to talk about midget strippers, like. Yeah. Well, who's got them? I thought you did. <laughs> I've seen it. I have seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Hey, for for anybody listening, um, you know I do the Good Morning Girls. There is a uh, there is a tater thought coming up in my lineup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep your eyes open for that one. I had to. I fucking. I saw it, and I was like, "I've got to fucking put this in there." I'm trying to find for uh, for the month of December. I'm trying to find 30 chicks that look that like they have that golf feel with them, but like are in like Christmas outfits. Yeah, I could look that. Yeah, that's it's it's extremely. I've, I've I've got I've got two or three right now. You so I know I know that genres out there. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm tapped also. Um, you know, unless we can, you know, get some some midget strippers going right now. All right, yeah. so we'll put this. I don't know when when punk rock will post this up, but we'll get it posted up. Yeah, I'll get it. Uh, probably Sunday. Just want to have it up tomorrow. So, but what do you? Uh, huh? how, what good title are you going to come up with? I don't know. Probably probably another lame one that I've been using for like the last 43 episodes or so. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, don't be a dick. Don't be these guys. Fucking morons. Guides to not sell out your culture. I don't, I don't know. Fucking, yeah. I feel like you should do like, like we have uh, and RSX with 400 pound rhino. That could just be it. And I feel like people just click on it and then be disappointed that it's not like the whole crux of the story, but, but it'll suck them in good catchy title. And then they'll stay for the rest of the shit. Taking a little fucking note out of old fucking Holly Fags book. I like it. Well, I used to like say, say fuck Hollywood because of all the talking that we did about uh, shows and stuff. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Hollywood. So. <laughs> well, all right, I'm cool. out of here. Um, and then we'll edit it and get it up. Yeah, man. All right, I'm out of here. You boys have a good night. All right. Well, Dave's out of here. We just want to say thank you guys for everything that you do. Um, thank you for all the support that you've given us. Uh, and we're all fucking beat because it's kind of later than we normally record. So I'm going to fucking bed. And uh, don't forget, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have Aaron's uh, Instagram and shit in the description here give him a follow on instagram man help him out if you know somebody that wants to sponsor him send him the fucking link you know uh and let's get this guy some fucking money to help fund his his career all right guys so again we thank you guys for the support we'll catch you next week